Turn in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 4. So, you know, last week we kind of had, uh, you know, now we're, we're in between just, you know, these uh, uh, books. And it kind of gives me just a bit of freedom just to kind of hit some areas that need, need to be revisited and need to just be uh, charged, you know, from us. And so last week we talked about our kids. And we talked about our kids in, in the realm of them being a home, you know, like this is a house, a consecrated house that we want to be working towards consecrating them to the Lord. And that's something that, you know, I want you guys that are, that are parents, those that spiritually or physically, to be thinking that that is a work that's going to probably take you the rest of your life. And so there are changes and transformations that take place as that child grows up and, and how it is that, you know, the heavy handedness and, and the staring that happens when they're very young. And then, you know, the older they get, you back off. But the thing is, is your heart position should still be to see them consecrated to the Lord. So, I, you know, I think about just the way that, say, like my grandmother interacted with me uh, while she was alive. It was always that she was about the Lord's business. She was encouraging me in that way. She would pray for me. She'd ask me what was going on at, at church. You know, she supported times I was teaching or even the ordination of, uh, of my uh, uh, deaconship. She came to that, you know. And so those things are, that's that investment. And so really you get an opportunity to constantly be laying that foundation, okay? And so one of the things that I'm, I'm doing, really, I'm, I'm a little kind of on the nose about it right now, is essentially these are our principles of ministry, right? So the first one is we're a house of prayer. Now the neat thing is we prayed for the little houses in our homes, <laughs> you know? But now today, we're gonna, we're gonna talk about discipleship. And the one thing is, is that we kind of always say we're always making disciples. But the one thing I, I want to really ask, you know, just in our class and faith fellowship, is that true? Are we, faith fellowship, always making disciples? Now, I could tell you, I could look at the data and see <laughs> what that, those numbers are in terms of who's involved in discipleship and who's not. And I have looked at those things. And, and so, yeah, I... It is something that obviously needs the attention that we need to give it this morning. And so in Ephesians 4, if we were talking about we're always making disciples, this is not just a ministry of the church. Man, this is our ministry. <laughs> you know, I mean, like overall, it's the umbrella by which we do everything in this place and really should be throughout the universal church. OK, and so. We need, to, we need to kind of look at this and make it practical. Make, put it in a way that is digestible for you to understand, comprehend, that you can sit with that and go, okay, Lord, I'm in. But first, a drink. <laughs> Let's read Ephesians 4. It says here, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called, with all lowliness and meekness, with long suffering, forbearing one another in love, 
endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, even as ye are called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and father of all who is above all and through all and in you all. I love that. But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Wherefore he saith when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. Now that he ascended, what is it but that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth? He that descended is the same also that ascended up far above all heavens, that he might fill all things. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie and wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. And so the thing, the, the major question that I want you to kind of ask yourself is this, why aren't we making disciples? If, if the thing that we're saying is the umbrella ministry by which all ministries should operate, then we, we have to ask ourselves, if we are not engaged in this ministry, why aren't we doing that? There may be some things that need to be uh, brought to your attention that you have to look at. And so, let's look at it. In the first three verses, you see it says, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called. When Paul wrote this, he's in Rome. This is about AD 64. And this is the prison uh, epistles. And so, it's interesting, he doesn't say that he's a prisoner of Rome. He says that he's a prisoner of the Lord. And actually, that's just going to right out the gate <laughs> to our first key point here I want to bring up. We will make disciples when we remember we are the Lord's. There's something very interesting about the fact that he says, the prisoner of the Lord beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called. See, the reason that that key point is important is because we have to remember who we belong to. I think that there comes a time a bit where we can kind of see these things as optional. But I gave that up as salvation. If I have accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as my Savior, I don't belong to myself anymore. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 says, What, know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own? For you are bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. See, the thing that I want you to, to wrestle with 
is that, that ownership. And a lot of times this happens. And, and listen, this, none of this is, is going to be about you know, trying to make anybody feel bad. But I do want you to have just to think, am I taking ownership back of myself in terms of I'm going to do what I want to do, when I want to do it, and how I want to do it, and all of those sorts of things. That's, that's generally how this works. But again, I, I traded that. I saw that my way wasn't fit, and I said, Lord, you, you lead the way. Something else that's important to take note of is how this should be done. Now, he says that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you're called. But then it says, with all lowliness and meekness, with longsuffering, forbearing one another in love. So let's just, let's just look at those separately. Paul says he's a prisoner. To walk worthy of the vocation you're called. So we, we should do well in this. But now that lowliness of mine is humble opinion of self. That's a humble opinion of self. So now, if I remember who I belong to, boy, it's going to be really easy if I'm looking at him as the, the, the standard to look at myself and go, oh, no, I, no, I, haven't, I haven't arrived anywhere. I'm desperate for you to, to be at work. I'm grateful for what it is that you have done. I'm thankful for all the blessings that you have given me. That meekness that is spoke about there is a gentleness. I think sometimes when we're thinking about even investing in people, the frustration comes up of, you know, I told you and now I have to tell you again and you're not following my rule. And Well, that's not how the Lord was with you. Long-suffering, patience, forbearance, long-suffering, slowness, and avenging wrongs. Man, I got, I got to take a drink on that part. <laughs> now consider that, long-suffering. If I'm supposed to do this, this work that is the Lord's, that he's given me as a result of my salvation, and I'm supposed to do it in a way that is lowly of mind in terms of how I see myself, not self-hatred. Remember, we've clarified that. But I'm at least humble to know that I'm, I'm, I'm not a big deal. And I'm grateful for the opportunity that's being presented to me in gentleness. That the way that I'm, I'm using careful words, I'm using timing. Guys, do you realize that timing is important in how you give, you give hard uh, statements? And truth. But then this here, long suffering, slowness and avenging wrongs. What if it is that something has been done to you? And now you feel like you need to rise up in the situation and make sure that individual knows that, man, you've hurt me. And so now I need to hurt you back. This says that there's a slowness in that. Now, this speaks to a maturity that just exists within that realm that says, man, I, I understand what's at stake. This is why I can't have a view of myself that's so high, because the thing is, there has to be a preference of that individual. 
And then forbearing one another. And I, li and I like this, you know, Strong's, when it breaks it down and then it, it adds this other detail to it. To bear with, endure of his opinions and actions. Forbearing. Boy, don't you know there's, there's people in this place that you don't agree with. How are you going to handle that? Is it worth coming to blows over? Is it worth separating and not having the fellowship that God has paid with his own life to give you? See, this is our next key point here. We will make disciples when we recognize this work is more than a command. It's a call to us personally. If you notice these things, loneliness, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another, uh, that doesn't come natural to you. Jesus wants to work through us. So there's, he's setting up the, already in terms of how the relationship should go, what are the parameters? How do you do this? In Matthew 11, 28, it says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. It's very interesting. My burden is light. The burden of the Ministry of Reconciliation that has, I mean, this is the only thing that people are, have as a, 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 as a way out of this kind of sin contract that's already built into them. Man, that's, it has great gravity to it, right? The Lord is saying this light. Why? We go, he's doing the work. And he wants to use you. Verse 4 says, There is one body and one spirit, even as you are called, and one hope of your calling. Now, I want you to take particular attention there. If you notice, when Paul started out, he says, Prisoner of the Lord. And we kind of just work through that. But this one body now is about us. And be glad that it's not all up to you but also be seeking out those special partnerships in his body. The one thing that's really critical is just the nature of friendships and, and how it is that have you gone out and shared the gospel with a friend or a, a spouse or somebody from the church and just seen what happens when you're bouncing back off and forth with one another? Man, if you haven't experienced that, it's awesome. It is awesome. And the Lord will exploit relationships. And the one thing that I want you to consider doing in this, in this class, if we're going to make disciples, is really consider the people you're sitting next to. How well have you, have you gone to the coffee shop with them? Have you had dinner with them? Have you considered that? Why does the Lord have you in here? You're in here for a reason. I, man, now, I love all of you. I want all of you to stay and be a part. But I want you guys to know each other well because I think there is probably something that is necessary to faith fellowship success as a result of you being a part of it. So how are, you gonna, how are we going to find that out? 
If it's just, we just, all we're doing is just, we just sit here. We don't extend beyond that. I'm challenging you. I'm challenging you to get to know one another. The Lord has placed you together for a reason. Consider Moses and Joshua. Moses, when the Lord was done with him, he handed that off to Joshua. And the thing that's really neat, if you study that relationship between them, is these meetings that took place with God on the mount. And you would see a lot of times the Lord is telling you who left. And Joshua's name is not mentioned sometimes. That means he was in earshot of these conversations. It's a big deal. David and Jonathan, historic relationship. Paul and Barnabas, even despite what we know happened with them and how they eventually fell apart, they still came back. Man, these, these relationships are valuable. See, I don't want you to miss out on the beauty of making disciples because the thing is, is like, man, this is my life. Romans 12, 4 and 5 says, for as we have many members in one body and all members have not the same office. So we being many are one body in Christ and everyone members, excuse me, one of another. Man, do you believe that this morning? You guys are special and there's some special talent, some special skill, some special way that you say that you think that you do. We have yet to see. So can we see it? <laughs> can we make the connections? Next key point. We will make disciples when we realize that it takes a team effort. And so I invite and introduce. The thing that I, that I want you guys to do is invite. Invite to your Bible study. Invite to the faith fellowship, invite to church, and then introduce them. One of the things that is really critical about people sticking around is they have to have more than just you as a touch point. They have to have more than just you. You may have been, you may be the neighbor on the block, you may be the coworker, you may be the one that shared the gospel, but until it's somebody else that's also greeting them, talking to them, Looking at them, hey, how you doing? Hey, let's get coffee. There is great power in that. I think of some of the individuals that have made it in here. <laughs> you know, started with one of you. I came and said hi. Other people have, and now they're just part of the class. Invite. Introduce. Know that it takes a team effort. All of us are going to have to kind of do this together. There's no, I don't, I don't want you to think about this like, oh, well, just the leaders of the class are the ones that should be discipling. Like, man, you have a role in that. Verse 5, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is above all and through all and in you all. But it's every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Wherefore he saith, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. Now that he ascended, what is it but that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth? 
He that descended is the same also that ascended up far above all heavens, that he might fill all things. And then here it is. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of the faith, of the knowledge of the Son of God, unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Which, listen, this is the most critical goal of discipleship. We have the goals that we laid out, but it's Christ-likeness. You see that in verse 13. That's the measure. Measure the stature of the fullness of Christ. We're not just trying to improve that person. The thing that we want to be a part of is seeing them be more like Christ. It goes on to say that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness where I bear they, they lie and wait to deceive. And so for this next key point, we will make disciples when we see it as protection. We will make disciples when we see it as protection. Protection against what? Stagnation? Bad doctrine? Simple-mindedness? And perilous times? See, the thing is this. If you don't, if you don't, get to the business of making disciples and be a part of that at whatever level. I mean, it could be simply that as you're coming in and maybe you haven't yet, you know, uh, been through COD, but you're a part of Faith Fellowship and, and I still introduce you to somebody, man, I still want you to greet, show them where things are, you have the lay of the land, where's the bathroom, you know, just all of that. Make them feel welcome, make them feel comfortable. If you're not doing that, though, if it's just like this is the place you come and then it's the place that you leave, you're late to come, you're first to leave, that stagnation will grow like a weed. And you won't grow. See, this is the thing that stops against that. Then the bad doctrine, we understand that this time that we live in has that greatly. And in verse 14, it says something really interesting. It says at first that we be no more children, which, okay, so now that's the maturation process. But then next, tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine. There are doctrines that line closely, and because maybe you lack the knowledge, you might fall for it. Discipleship is an answer. So that's where you need to be discipled. This is why this is not something that we should just loosely kind of let lie and let others attend to. No, this is all of our work. Man, if we've called on the name of the Son of God, then this is our work. Simple-mindedness by the slight of men and, and cunning craftiness. You know that we're not just gullible and just fall for anything that comes about. Boy, discipleship can help you with that. You're going to learn how to live. But these perilous times, let's talk about that. 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 7 says, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come, for men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, 
boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof from such turn away. For of this sort are they which creep into houses and lead captive silly women laden with sins, excuse me, led away with diverse lusts, ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. See, the thing that you don't want to do in a place like this where there's a, a, a high regard for the word of God is just to soak it in and not give it out. That's not good for water, right? We don't just leave it and sit and it smells terrible when you do that. So you want to be taking it in and giving it out. Don't be one of those ever learning and ever able to come to the knowledge of the truth. And then for this, the last part here, but speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. So, because we have had this time just to you know, we're in a new space. We, we should try to make this place as homey as we possibly can. And the one thing that it is absolutely my heart, man, is that we would make disciples together and that we would start to kind of exploit our friendships and relationships and that you would feel comfortable inviting your friends over and then saying, hey, let me introduce you to so-and-so. Now you know people's names. It's not just that lady or that guy, <laughs> right? Which is great, okay? But listen, let's, as an order of business, can we in our groups now pray about discipleship? That faith fellowship would uh, grab, I mean, with both hands, discipleship. That either we would be adamant about getting disciple or that we would be adamant about making disciples. Okay, can we pray that? Just that God would, would have his way with us and, that, and, that, and we would just say, okay, Lord, I'm here. Use me however you want to use me. Can we do that? And then we'll be dismissed. Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you so much for today. And um, Father, I, I pray that you would just look down on, uh, on us, just a, a humble people. Um, Lord, that, that don't measure up to you. And yet, Lord, your hand extends to us. Um, you've called us unto you. Um, to, unto salvation you've called us to your work and so father um, you know we're just trying to get to know each other lord so that we can formalize and, and be together and and be in agreement um, about what your word says and then how it is that we're going to to obey it and so lord help this day uh, be a day that's like a a, a flag down um, that we will stand together, um, that we will hold each other up in prayer, that we would encourage one another, that we would have brotherly love one to another. And uh, Lord, if, if anybody here 
uh, doesn't know who you are, then Lord, I pray that they would see um, the Savior today. And so, Father, um, would you just do a work in this class? Uh, lead us um, into the opportunities that we have. Lord, we pray that this is a welcoming place um, that we can invite our friends and family to. And then, Lord, would you give us fruit um, that would remain and that we'd be able to invest the word of God into. Lord, we thank you for everything that you do for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.